Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Friday, July 9th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include lenders' attempts to retain potential borrowers, part two of my interview with Nathan Lee, and what the heck rates are doing despite experts' predictions that they were supposed to rise this year. Someone once said, quote, a loss is not a failure until you make an excuse, end quote. You can apply that to politics or to sports or to business. No company wants to lose a lock and lock desks are beginning to see some attempts at renegotiations. Whether they are prompted by borrowers or brokers is of little consequence, but it does remind us that it is a one-way street. Few lenders would think of going back to a borrower in a rising rate environment and telling them, uh, sorry, we need to bump up your rate a little. Rates have indeed come down, and there is continued talk about the Federal Reserve's role in the general rate environment. Further upstream, lenders are doing what they can to attract and keep business, sometimes creatively. The latest example is American Express card members who get a mortgage with one of the company's partners, Better Mortgage or Rocket Mortgage slash Quicken Loans, can receive a statement credit of $2,000 or $6,000 depending on the type of mortgage. And once a lender has a potential borrower, they do what they can to reduce the friction between application and funding. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on jobs and transitions, lender products, and agency snippets from around the biz, visit robchrisman.com. I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Richie May. Richie May is a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. The firm has also consistently been recognized as one of the fastest growing firms in the country and has been named to the Housing Wire Tech 100 in mortgage, accounting today firms to watch, and the fastest growing firms and an excellence in firm culture by Inside Public Accounting several times. To experience how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. Speaking of which, for today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Nathan Lee from Richie May. Nathan has served in a variety of capacities during his 17-year tenure at Richie May, including leading the firm's overall practice growth strategy, as well as the firm's national mortgage banking practice. He currently leads Richie May Advisory, the firm's practice dedicated to risk assurance and advisory, integrated risk management, data analytics, intelligent automation, technology, and more. He also continues to maintain an active role in the mortgage industry and is a regular contributor to the firm's mortgage banking technical literature. Nathan's experience and his passion for building and serving clients is well known, and we are pleased to have him back on the podcast today. Yesterday, we talked about automating the loan production process and next steps for the industry in that regard. But where can our listeners start or what can our listeners start doing today that can help them on this journey towards automating that loan production process? I'd say there's a couple things. I think they have to have a good understanding of, of the operation currently and where they have manual, repetitive work that's being done by people currently. And so I think time spent mapping out that process, the, the current workflow and understanding where technology can be leveraged and start identifying those in, in the workflow. So map it out, identify the places where, where real lift and real benefit can be, could be provided and generated through the use of technology and automation. So coming up with a, with a good list is a good starting place to say, okay, here are the things that we think 
can be automated that would provide significant benefit to us that would relieve a significant amount of just manual repetitive uh, work, whether data entry or otherwise. And, and getting that, that good list established is, is a great starting point. Seeing that on paper and understanding where the options are, where the maybe highest ROI cases are for, hey, we have a lot of people involved in this process. This requires a significant amount of time to do this and start to build a list. I think that's a, that's a good place to start. Then I think the other thing is going to be identifying internally someone or, or a team of someone's that can lead the, the efforts internally within the company around automation. And having a champion identified that, that understands technology well, that understands business process, that understands automation, and, and that really has that vision and can lean in, you know, has the project management skills, can work with developers and others to just see things through as they're developed and deployed within the organization. So understanding who who that person could be and and if more than one person, who those those few individuals are going to be that could be part of that team, uh, I think are a couple of key steps uh, to really getting started. And then I think the third thing would be just just really starting to do some research about what's available out there, who the uh, who the different players are, who are the potential partners that they could work with, start Start interviewing some some groups, uh, finding out what their strengths and capabilities are, the background, the experience, and, and that'll help, I think, provide some some direction and help inform the decisions that the company makes about where to start and how. Those are great points. And as we discussed yesterday, a, a big reason companies haven't started down the path to automation is that they're they've been doing the same processes for a long time. And it's hard to change that. What are the actual risks when it comes to automation? Certainly the, the risk related to uh, repurchases. Now, I would say this is a risk that is in people's minds, but isn't necessarily justified given where technology is these days and the fact that technology uh, and automation actually produces better, more accurate, more consistent results than humans do. But the, there's a the perceived notion that it introduces risk. Um, and it certainly can introduce risk if a company were to partner with, with a group, use a solution that isn't very mature, uh, that doesn't introduce humans uh, to verify data points when necessary. If it's not done the right way with the right group, it certainly could introduce some risk uh, around repurchases. So that that is one that companies really need to pay attention to, which is why I think it's important to work with uh, a partner that has a track record, has experience that can be verified um, and has been around doing this kind of work for a while and understands the risks within financial services and within mortgage banking specifically. Then I think another one is the risks if a if companies continue down this automation journey in the way they've done it over the last few years, which is by buying spot solutions off of a shelf by a bunch of different companies out there that are addressing use cases 
in one area or another. And what they end up with is what I refer to as a Frankenstein, that they have a very difficult time then tying those together and integrating all of those disparate solutions to create a seamless process. And so I think companies need to uh, take a page out of the playbook of, of the big companies out there and the fintech type companies that have that have gone about it in a much different fashion, which is leveraging a platform that, that allows them to, to build, develop automation, maintain it and host it in one place. And so I would say that's really important. And I think because of because the mortgage industry is very different than other industries, companies have, have typically been accustomed to buying mortgage industry specific solutions off of a shelf but that does create a significant amount of risk and create some challenges when it comes to trying to, to string them together. Then the other one I think is, is really obvious, which is just the risk of failure. All of us, I think, are just inherently averse to failure and embarking sometimes on journeys that, uh, that, that don't have very clear set of steps that we can follow to ensure success, it can be challenging to get started, to, to muster the, uh, the intestinal fortitude, the, the, the courage to, to dive in. And so there's, there's just some level of risk of failure that's always going to exist and, uh, and companies need to accept that and still lean in and, and address and improve, tweak and adjust as they go. But, um, but not being afraid to, to dive in because there is a chance of a failure. There's always going to be a chance of failure. So, I guess as a quick aside then is when it comes to a mortgage company, is it better to have tried and failed or to have never tried at all? Does that adage ring true? I think so. I think that's the case in, in everything because w- what, it, what happens if you don't at least try is you make no progress at all. And, and I would say at least making some progress, even if you stub a toe or two along the way, usually is going to bring with it some lessons and, and companies are going to, they're going to get much more educated, much more savvy as they go through that process. So stubbing a toe along the way uh, is still better than just not doing anything because the, the risks right now, I think, in the industry of not doing anything are far too great. The, the big players are making significant investments in the technology and automation. They're going to drive the cost to originate down so that they can operate on lower margins and offer better pricing to consumers that, that will make it very difficult for companies that haven't leveraged technology and automation to the same extent to compete. And so uh, the time is now. I don't think companies can afford to, to not do anything. And so, yeah, I would say absolutely, Robbie, that, that leaning in, even if it involves stubbing a toe or two along the way, is, is imperative. Excellent point. And so going back slightly, you mentioned, I guess you call it Frankenstein solutions. I, I think companies would more nicely put it as best of breed right. solutions versus all-in-one technology. What are the main differences in the solutions that mortgage companies can use? 
I think that is definitely a key one, right? Making sure that the approach, if it is best of breed, maybe limiting the number of breeds to a select few rather than ending up with an unmanageable number of breeds. I think I think another one, you know, that's important when looking at the solutions themselves or the the single solution or platform that you might use for automation, or at least for maybe the bulk of your automation needs. Uh, there, you know, the, I think it's probably a pie in the sky dream to think that all automation uh, that a company will will ever need or use can be can be delivered with one solution. I, I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination, but but at least maybe in looking at the solutions that, that a company is going to leverage, uh, whether that's uh, one, two, three, four, however many might be, hopefully a few. I think it's important to look for those where, where there's transparency. Uh, it's an open platform. It's a white box rather than a black box, right? one that they have, they have control over, can manage where they can they can adjust and customize the solutions that are that are developed and deployed uh, within the organization, where they have the ability to configure, adapt to changing processes in the loan manufacturing. And so rather than being beholden to spot solutions or developers of spot solutions, um, where they're relying on them for, for product enhancements. Uh, for new releases and so on, uh, that's that's a difficult place to be, especially when a company is relying on lots of these spot solutions. So I would say that's really important. Focus on on those platforms or those solutions that are gonna that are gonna allow for transparency, that are gonna allow the user to get in there and configure, adjust, adapt as necessary. I think doing it the other way. Just presents risks that are that are too significant, and um, and companies don't have the same level of control over their destiny. And so, you know, spot solutions, while they provide a lift, there's they're certainly a benefit there. Uh, that that the difficulty of trying to bring them all together and integrate them into one seamless, straight through process uh, that allows for you know, companies to really reimagine that loan manufacturing process is really challenging. And so. Uh, I think they need to look at it a different way and they need to look for a set of fewer white box, transparent, open solutions that they can use to uh, to really control their destiny. And so uh, I would suggest that, that that is an important consideration here. And that's been the approach that we uh, at Richie May have taken as it relates to automation uh, in working with our technology partners and and developing automation for clients has been with the focus being on on transparent openness configurability customizability and and control uh, that the company has over the over the automation that they build and deploy going into the future agreed and i'm gonna i'm gonna give richie may a little plug here and say that intelligent automation is changing the way lenders do business and not just for the biggest lenders any size company can implement these game-changing scalable technologies with Richie May's RM Automate. Richie May's automation services practice focuses on streamlining the loan origination and sales process by automating the most repetitive tasks and often used processes, freeing up your employees to focus on more value-added tasks. RM Automate is a powerful partnership between Richie May and Zorro, 
combining Richie May's deep expertise in the mortgage industry with Zorro's innovative intelligent automation platform. So sign up for a customized demo at richiemay.com. And Nathan, thank you very much for taking the time and coming on to talk to me. Really enjoyed it. No, you bet. Robbie, it was great catching up and uh, spend some time with you. Appreciate your time as well. Yep. Hopefully we uh, do it again soon. Yep. Likewise. Despite all the experts predicting that rates will go up and then receiving a bit of a bounce this morning, Treasuries rallied for an eighth straight day yesterday and the MBS basis finally tightened. Read, rates went down as investors backtracked on the reflation trade. What does that mean? There is more concern and less optimism about peak growth than there was only a couple months ago. Much of that is due to the COVID-19 Delta variant, which has severely impacted less vaccinated countries than the U.S. Domestically, continuing jobless claims fell to a pandemic low, reflecting the fact that more than half of states are ending enhanced federal unemployment benefit programs amid debate about whether they are hampering hiring efforts. Attention now turns to Fed Chairman Powell delivering his semi-annual monetary policy testimony to Congress today. Freddie Mac reported a decline in mortgage rates in its primary mortgage market survey yesterday. The 30-year fixed rate fell 8 basis points to 2.90%, its lowest level since the week ending February 18th, 2.81% average. Likewise, the 15-year fell 6 basis points to 2.20% and is just 4 basis points above its historic low hit at the start of 2021. Mortgage News Daily reported its 30-year benchmark at 3.03% at the close of yesterday down from 3.18% as of July 1st. Separately, Black Knight reported that the overall number of active forbearance plans dropped by 189,000 last week, pushing the number of active plans below 2 million for the first time since early last April. That puts overall forbearance figures down 254,000, or down 12% from the same time last month. This holiday shortened week closes out with a light calendar consisting of wholesale inventories for May later this morning. The bond market, though, will start setting up for Monday and Tuesday's $120 billion mini-refunding. The New York Fed today will purchase a maximum of $4.1 billion of MBS with Class A net out. We begin Friday with agency MBS prices worse a quarter from Thursday afternoon, and the 10-year yielding 1.35 after closing yesterday at 1.29%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I had a blind date last night. But before it, I was worried what to do if she was really unattractive. My friend told me not to worry, as there's an app for just that situation. It's called, Mom, are you okay? And it schedules your phone to ring just after you meet your date. If you like her, you can just ignore your phone. If you want to cut short the date, you answer with, Mom, what's the matter? Are you okay? It works every time. No worries. So anyway, I knocked on the girl's door, and it turns out I needn't have worried at all. She was absolutely gorgeous and stunning. But just when I was about to speak to her, her phone rang. She answered it and said, Mom, what's the matter? Are you okay? <laughs> if you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.